0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Center for Strategic and International Studies. My name is Heather Conley. I have the great privilege of directing the Europe
1: program, and today we have a very special guest, uh, and we are absolutely delighted to host Dr. Yanis Lamiatis, the Minister of Environment, Energy, and Climate Change of the, the Greek government. This program is generously sponsored by the Stavros New York Post Foundation, and it's a part of an ongoing series where CSIS highlights uh, different uh, objectives and agenda items of the European Union presidency. Now, as you can suggest by the dates, we're a little past the Greek presidency, uh, rotating presidency of the European Union, but the schedules are always a challenge, but we are delighted to continue this series even beyond um, uh, the, the Greek rotating presidency. I'm just going to briefly introduce the minister, and he's going to come up and give us a, a very important uh, presentation. Uh, and after the minister is finished, we're going to come up here and have a discussion um, and invite you uh, into that conversation as well. Uh, again, Minister Mariatis uh, was uh, the appointed minister uh, in June of 2013, to that, he served as the Secretary of the Pet uh, Socialist Movement Sock from 2012 to 2013. And prior to that, he served as the Deputy Minister of Environment, Energy and Climate Change. He is a well known professor and scholar. And before we came out here, I asked him, uh, Dr. Mamianis, if he was the professor that the students liked to get. And he said he was tough, but everybody liked him. So I think
2: Thank you very much, Heather, for your kind and warm introduction. Let us An EU and NATO member, Greece is working to generate synergies among different countries in the Eastern Mediterranean and promote peace, security, and regional cooperation. In this context, bilateral relations with Israel have been strategically intensified to function as a factor of regional stability. Moreover, I am traveling to Israel shortly to sign a trilateral agreement on the environment with my counterparts from Israel and Cyprus. What's more, we are developing trilateral cooperation on energy routes for the gas fields in the exclusive economic zones of Cyprus and Israel. Regarding recent Turkish illegal and aggressive attitude, contesting the republic of cyprus lawful right to exploit its national resources the european council could not have been clearer when on the 24th of october and i quote here we express serious concern about the renewed tensions in the eastern mediterranean and urge turkey to show restraint and respect Cyprus sovereignty over its territorial sea and Cyprus sovereign rights in its exclusive economic zone. The European Council records the declaration of the European Community and its Member States of 21st of September 2005, including that the recognition of all Member States is a necessary component of the accession process. Under the current circumstances, the European Council considered it more important than ever to ensure a positive climate so that negotiations for a comprehensive Cyprus settlement can resume. Greece also took note of repeated U.S. statements calling for the need to respect the Republic of Cyprus sovereign rights in its exclusive economic zone. Further to the above-mentioned cooperation, we are promoting the euro Interconnector, a submarine cable to link the Israeli, Cypriot, and Greek power grids, a historic project endorsed by the European Union. Let me share with you a further recent geopolitical development, which offers rich opportunities. The trilateral cooperation between Greece Cyprus and Egypt following much preparation we look forward to the first trilateral summit summit of heads of states and government level next week in Cairo our hope is our initiatives which are in no way directed against any third party to create regional beacons of light and serve as a model for regional dialogue. This is what we are striving to achieve, and energy is a vital element of this process. Let me just a couple of words on the Greek economy. After six years of recession, the Greek economy returned to growth in the third semester of 2014 and is expected to have positive growth on an annual basis we have managed to achieve, way ahead and above expectations, a primary fiscal surplus. In other words, we learn to live with what we earn. In short, during the past three years, we achieved the largest fiscal adjustment and at the shortest period of time. We did this despite an adverse environment Of doomsday scenarios that usually work as self-fulfilling prophecies. Today, we are in a position where we can change the policy emphasis from austerity to development. Our goal is to make Greece a friendly and attractive country for foreign direct investment. The energy sector can be crucial, attracting investments and creating jobs. Ladies and gentlemen, Europe's energy security problems can be summed up in two words, excessive dependence. To understand the Europe's situation, which is so different from from America's, let's remember a few facts. With 53% of the energy consumed coming from abroad, from third countries, the EU is the world's largest importer of energy. This dependency is 80% for crude oil, 66% for natural gas and 40% for nuclear fuel. Some states in the less integrated Baltic and East European regions are especially vulnerable. Six of them depend exclusively on Russia. Greece's portfolio, on the other hand, is diversified. With sixty seven percent of imports coming from Russia, seventeen percent from Azerbaijan on a basis of a Turkish contract, and sixteen percent coming from Algeria. It's LNG uh, gas. In fact, we are the first EU state to import azeric gas. I stress, however, that import dependence challenges the entire Europe not just the most affected states why because dependency on gas imports is rising for the european union as a whole by 10 percent since the mid 90s and will continue rising moreover this dependence comes at a high cost going beyond securing supplies first it is a financial burden the european union's external energy bill represents more than 1 billion euros per day and more than a fifth of total european imports and it is too much second it undermines competitiveness growing energy demand in emerging economies increasingly diverts supplies away from europe puts pressure on prices and poses a serious threat to industrial competitiveness. Third, it restricts EU's role as a force in foreign affairs. These aspects, plus declining domestic production, highlight Europe's vulnerability. If anybody had any doubts, the Ukrainian crisis again awakened our fears of supply disruptions clearly business as usual is no longer viable it seems we are like last week an eleventh hour deal reached in the meeting between ukraine russia and the european union eases concerns that europe would face an energy crisis this winter in the meantime europe fearing a repeat of the 2009 disruptions or worse had planned short term measures to survive the winter. But Europe cannot count on last minute deals. Its problems are not short term and nor are they caused by Ukraine. Of course, its Ukrainian Russian crisis in 2006 2009 2014 acts as a wake up call for Europeans to reconsider their energy strategy. Gradually, maybe too gradually, a common energy security strategy has evolved to reduce external dependence. For Greece and for the European Union, this strategy concerns four major challenges, namely one, to diversify sources and routes, second, to develop an integrated internal market, third, To save energy and transit to a lower carbon society, and fourth, to increase domestic production, these four components are vital. A safe, secure, sustainable, and affordable energy supply is the key to Europe's economic and strategic interests. We are in a transition, but a lot has already been achieved. First. Regarding diversification, the, the EU's hopes have mostly focused on Caspian resources. In this respect, the Sachdenese II Consortium's final investment decision in twenty thirteen was historic, a milestone in the EU's twenty years' effort to develop the Southern Corridor TAP and connect Caspian gas to Europe's markets. The 10 billion cubic meters, the 10 BCM, destined for Europe via the Trans-Anatolian uh, Trans-Adriatic pipeline and the future increase from 10 to 20 BCM in the long term send the right message. Strategically, the opening of the southern gas corridor is more important than any numbers. TAP which extends from near the Turkish Greek border to Italy has three basic characteristics. One, creates a new route for Europe in addition to North Sea, North Africa and Eurasia routes. Two, enables the entry of a major new supplier, the Azeris Sokar. And three, interconnects Southeast Europe with Central Europe's major grids and hubs. Greece's role in Europe's diversification strategy is crucial. It is the European Union's gateway to the southern corridor, to the Caucasus and to the Middle East and the largest part of TAP runs through the country. We have supported this project at every step and are committed to its completion. In September, I approved the environmental impact assessment for the Greek section, completing a vital step towards the project's realization when it begins operating in late 2019 I can tell you that Europe's energy security will be decidedly enhanced. Europe's goal is to further expand the southern corridor. we have a significant opportunity right on our doorstep in the eastern Mediterranean including in the exclusive economic zone of Cyprus and Israel. According to the United States Geological Survey, in East Mediterranean, there may be up to 3,500 billion cubic meters of recoverable offshore gas, while 1. 1. 1.7 billion barrels of oil are estimated. With such resources, this region can become a plank of energy security for Europe. Again, Greece Greece's role is prominent, a bridge linking the region to the EU's markets. In this context, we are promoting the so-called East Mediterranean pipeline, stretching from the offshore fields to continental Europe via Cyprus and Greece. Pre-feasibility studies so that the project is economically and technically feasible and I want to make it clear. Similar to the medgas pipeline between Algeria and Spain. Above all, this project creates a completely new route for Europe, in addition to the Caspian route via Turkey. This, in my opinion, is its priceless added value for Europe's energy security. Let's remember That diversification is about new and safe supply routes, not just for new sources. Assessing LNG is also a priority, and essential during a crisis. In 2009, Greece was protected because we are lucky to have Revithusa. Revithusa is an island near Athens, the only LNG terminal in EU's Balkan area. Besides, Erevithusa enabled us to supply Bulgaria with critical supplies during the worst moments of two thousand nine. Recognizing its strategic importance, the EU is supporting financially the current upgrading of this invaluable terminal. We strongly believe Greece as an entry point for LNG is by far the most effective option for augmenting energy security in Southeast Europe well before twenty twenty. Our state of the art Revithusa LNG terminal has an excellent record of reliability, safety and also affordability. Revithusa has an excess reclassification capacity of four plus BCM per year billion cubic meters per year, similar with the excess capacity of the proposed interconnector between Greece and Bulgaria, the so-called IGB interconnector. If we exclude the one BCM per year that Bulgaria is expected to receive from TAP according to a newly uh, signed uh, agreement. The existence of such an excess capacity simply means that lng arriving at Revithusa feed the igb and through it our northern neighbors with extra gas in 2016 excess capacity in the existing greek lng terminal is estimated to be 6 bcm per year due to the 160 million euro upgrade program which is underway unlike other planned alternatives in other regions of Europe, of Southern Europe, Revithousa already has an operational record of more than 400 ships, and it is currently undergoing a vast upgrade. Hence, the Greek LNG terminal, coupled with IGB, and at least one FSRU floating storage and regasification unit in northern Greece can fill the gap with a minimum of capital expenditure compared to any other project to any other alternative. Europe faces acute competition from Asia but is looking to increase LNG supplies. Who knows maybe in the future we can import American shale. The conclusion of the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership could promote this. Turning now to challenge number two, to develop an integrated internal market. Let me tell you this. If during the 2009 gas crisis, the internal market, the internal European market, had been completed with the necessary infrastructure, and I'm talking especially for interconnections among the various national grids. So, if there were such interconnections to transport gas where needed, nobody would have stayed in the cold. Where markets work and are well connected, little space remains to use energy as a political tool. The crisis in Ukraine confirms the importance of an integrated market. Who is most at risk? the countries whose energy system are isolated physically technically and from a regulatory perspective overcoming this is largely what the internal market the internal market is about the key to this is to build the necessary connections among the national grids and to implement rules guaranteeing non-discriminatory access to independently operated infrastructure and of course to promote hub pricing and enable the market to deliver reliable price signals for efficient production and investment decisions with breakthrough legislation known as the third energy package the eu has progressed towards an integrated and transparent market but we m- need more Reverse flow interconnections to ensure that once diversified sources enter Europe, then they can be delivered anywhere. This is the key to success. To promote this pan European vision, we identified strategic projects with the European Project of Common Interest label, known as PCIs, Projects of Common Interest. The fact that 12 Twelve PCIs related to Greece reveals its importance to Europe's energy security and its prospects as a transit and pricing hub in an integrated Southeast European market. Greece's choice of project is not random. Our PCIs aim to create the necessary precondition and have twofold objective. One, to facilitate access for Southeast Europe to diversified sources via Greece. And second, to foster the development of an open mature market. Today, these features are the privilege of Northwestern states with integrated mature markets. As a result, they have higher security of supply equally important As a result of hub mechanisms, they have wholesale gas prices, which are, on average, 35% below prices for the more remote states, which rely on oil indexed contracts. The gas interconnector between Greece and Bulgaria has a crucial role and has been included in the PCI's list. This interconnector, it's it's a small one. It's an interconnector less than 180 kilometers, but of crucial importance. This interconnector constitutes a gateway to Southeast and Central Europe. It is the only way this region can access the Southern Corridor working in synergy with TAP and regional infrastructure the IGB can potentially deliver gas right up to Hungary. Greece, Bulgaria, Romania, Hungary. We consider developing a vertical axis south to north, also known as the central gas corridor. This will connect our LNG import terminals with Bulgaria, Romania, Hungary, and possibly even Serbia and the Baltic Sea. It can be in place in early 2017. Via Greece and the IGB, Southeast Europe gains exposure to major European markets and hubs. The two PCIs regarding the floating storage and regasification unit in the Northern Aegean also contributes to market development by providing access to even more diversified supplies challenge number 3 to develop a low carbon society which is more relevant than ever the ukrainian crisis confirmed this would it not be wise to reduce dependence and its cost by saving and producing energy in europe wouldn't ukraine be less vulnerable if it it consumed less currently its energy intensity the energy the ukrainian energy intensity is 10 times the oecd average on the contrary the european union has made important progress it has the lowest energy intensity of all world regions and the highest demand for renewable energy Greece is also contributing to Europe's push to develop new sources of hydrocarbon. and this is challenge number four. Remarkably, Greece remains one of the most underexplored and yet promising countries when it comes to oil and gas fields. Why this is the case is a rather complex issue. What matters now? is that after fifteen years of putting this issue aside, a new chapter for Greece's hydrocarbons has started. Since twenty ten, we have implemented a new strategy and new policy tools to unlock our national oil and gas potential. I am therefore excited, and it is one of my personal priorities to be at the helm of taking forward Greece's new horizons for hydrocarbon exploration. Today, two major international tenders are underway. First, the second official licensing round in the offshore area of Ionian and south of Crete. It consists of 20 blocks designed after considering a significant number of parameters, most importantly, the sea depth, the geology, and the environmental conditions. First of all, as you can see on this map, this area of Western Greece is a continuation of the geological patterns of Albania, where we actually have one of the most important European oil fields to date. Analogs in geology are also found in South Italy, an area rich again in hydrocarbons. The difference with these two areas is, as I mentioned, that Greece remains characteristically unexplored. Secondly, in 2012, Greece commissioned the Norwegian company PGS to conduct an extended seismic survey over 225 square kilometers in Western Greece and south of Crete. It is the largest regional seismic survey ever undertaken for Greece's offshore. The database comprising 30,500 kilometer seismic lines and aptly named the Greece Mega Project aims to provide high quality data on Greece's frontier basins, coupled with interpretation of this data by the distinguished and having good knowledge for the geology of the greater area, the distinguished French Institute BASIP. Second, is the tender for the three onshore blocks in Western Greece, following the express of interest by the Italian company Enel. I am naturally cautious, and I don't like to make predictions. However, I can mention. A few of the reasons why we're optimistic and believe that Greece presents a great opportunity for international oil companies to invest. Data rooms are available in Athens, Houston, London, Singapore and Oslo. The interest shown so far by oil companies, especially major ones, reviewing and buying available data, is very encouraging. The Ionian Sea area, with already proven oil reserves, creates an eye-catching investment opportunity for oil and gas exploration and production. The south of Crete area, with less data available and bigger depths, could be characterized as high-risk, high-yield. According to a Deutsche Bank, ...report published in November 2013. Anderson Natural Gas Reserves, south of Crete, could reap an estimated more than 400 billion euros. It is important to underline that Greece now possesses a transparent and simple legal framework... ...which integrates the latest trends and the best international practices for concession rights. In creating this, we have capitalized on the know-how of leading countries such as Norway, Britain, and Denmark. In addition to the above, we have a very favorable corporate tax, which has been lowered from 40% to 20%. We also have an efficient and newly established authority the so-called Hellenic Hydrocarbons Resources Management Company. We also have strict EU environmental regulations and, last, the largest commercial fleet in the world. Most importantly, we have the vote of confidence by the industry itself. In 2012, we launched an open door tender for three onshore and offshore blocks in western Greece. It resulted in the signing of three contracts ratified by the Greek Parliament and already the beginning of the exploration work program by the contractors. Same as in these cases, the above mentioned three cases. All contracts will be ratified by the Parliament, thus providing much greater security to the investment. I would like to note that there is a wide consensus within the Greek society regarding the path for the exploitation of our natural resources, and in general terms, within the political system too, despite the inevitable differentiations. Local societies are eager to endorse investment plans in the region and provide qualified workforce. Now, ladies and gentlemen, europe cannot realistically achieve some dependence in any case europe cannot achieve full energy independence however excessive energy dependence undermines economic and political independence overcoming this is critical to our security and economy this is why europe shares america's commitment to ensure free access to markets and strategic resources. And why NATO has identified energy security as the key security issue of our time. Our hope is that the reserves of the Eastern Mediterranean will serve as a catalyst for regional cooperation and contribute to peace and stability. It's challenging, but with political will energy can create cooperation this is the benchmark of greece's energy diplomacy in europe and in the east mediterranean energy challenges are global obviously we can address them more effectively by stressing our interdependence and working collectively this is essential for our prosperity peace stability and for our strength this is essential for the welfare of our communities. Our bet and I'm finishing with this our bet is to prove that European cooperation and integration in the right is the right way, the only way to overcome such challenges. Thank you very much for your attention.
0: Can just do this. I think I popped my thing off. <laughs> well, Minister, or we can bag it and go to the microphone. Well, Minister, thank you so much. I can understand why you were—you uh, are an excellent professor. That was a very detailed le- lecture, and we'll ask your students. Um, thank you so much. We have about 20 minutes for discussion. I'm going to get you all warmed up. I'm going to give the minister a a few opening questions and then we'll open the floor. Um, If you could raise your hand uh, and we will have a microphone passing around. If you could identify yourself, please, your name, your affiliation, and pose a question to the minister. We're going to take a few questions at a time to bundle them a little bit to try to get as many questions um, as we can. Um, Minister, I have to say I love the word recovery. That's I'm using, I'm stealing that one. Uh, It's so much better than Grexit. We want to expunge that recovery. Uh, Good, good, exactly. Um, And and I think the domestic energy renaissance uh, for Greece, the offshore potential, the onshore potential, as well as the energy diversification it's uh, it's really an extraordinary story and i i want to thank you so much for uh, for sharing that uh, with us i have two questions for you and i'm going to pull from your other part of your title the climate change in your title and i know your 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 conversation today was dedicated to energy security but let me ask you last week uh, the european council passed a very ambitious target for 2030 to reduce emissions by 40% uh, by 2030 to 1990 levels. And I was actually surprised that uh, there was agreement on that. There was a lot of diversity of opinion, as there always is, among 28 countries. There's always a diversity it of opinion. It is many
2: times surprised to have a, an agreement in European Union <laughs> in, in some so, so challenging issues.
0: Tell me a, a little bit on the climate change agenda. Um, Greece's renewable energy um, focus um, and how you looked at these very ambitious targets considering where competitiveness, trying to get economic recovery is still very difficult. I'd, I'd love your reflections on on uh, the new EU policy and and some of Greece's plans?
2: Let me summarize the the European Council's decision. The decision has three, three points, three pillars. One, 40 percent reduction for CO2 emission binding target. Second, 27 percent entrance of renewables in the energy mixture of the 28 member states with no concrete discrimination on each one uh, country, member state. And third, an indicative uh, target of 27% uh, energy efficiency and energy savings. Let me just add that for the Greek state, for the Greek government, for Greece, the 27 uh, uh, target is will be 30% for renewables and the 27 uh, percent target for energy savings will be also thirty percent because we strongly believe that renewables and energy uh, savings and energy efficiency constitute basic crucial uh, uh, components of our new development model. We want to go to pass to to, to 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 Greece, to Greek economy, which changes the page from austerity to development from austerity measures to measures that create new jobs. jobs. And of course, in order to increase the public and private uh, income, you need to have uh, a clear, transparent uh, uh, development priorities. So the the coming back to, to the decision of the European Council, it's an ambitious decision. I hope that all the other stakeholders of the big big economies all over the world uh, for the preparation of the 2015 national uh, conference in Paris on the climate change and energy priorities, will take such ambitious initiatives. Uh, Finishing with um, this answer, I have to say that uh, Greece has great major potential in um, in, in, in renewables, in wind parks and in solar uh, installations, and we are going towards this this direction.
0: Thank you. Th- and uh, and the reason I wanted to talk about the the uh, very ambitious target is because in some ways there there's a competitiveness gap between the United States and Europe on energy and that's the impact of the US unconventional revolution shale gas and and shale oil and that's exactly why I was surprised by the outcome because European energy prices now, uh, and and sometimes in very specific countries like Germany, are almost three times as high as they are in the U.S. We're seeing anecdotal evidence of European manufacturing coming to the United States, which is, of course, always welcome, but that uh, certainly would not be news to European politicians as industry is beginning to look at alternatives. So how, how has the U.S. unconventional energy revolution impacted... Greece, if any, impacted the European perspective on on energy security?
2: Well, uh, I was lucky during the first semester of 2014 as president – Greece had the presidency of the European Union – as president in two uh, ministerial councils, one for uh, ministers for energy and the second ministers for uh, environment. I have faced this question what are we going to do with the European industrial competitiveness in relation, in comparison with, for example, the extremely lower uh, cost, energy cost in the United States due to the shale gas revolution. And we have worked together with the industry in order to find a solution. It's, It's obvious that shale gas Say, oil is a revolution which gives comparative uh, uh, advantage to uh, uh, each country where it happens. Uh, on the other uh, side, we have the the duty, the the obligation to see and some other parameters. Uh, we have agreed with the European industry that putting these ambitious goals for uh, the climate change and energy framework, at the same time, opening the markets, implementing, structuring the the the, uh, the the connectors that do not exist now, and taking some other measures, we will help the competitiveness of the of the European uh, uh, industry. We need. Europe always needs to take decisions in a balanced way, in a balanced way. Uh, There are many countries who are not in favor with shale gas. You know that uh, in Europe there is different geology than in the United States. Also, Europe has another uh, characteristic, is an extremely high density from a Uh, urban uh, from urban settlements point of view uh, a region of of the world so there are some countries like Great Britain Poland Croatia and others are in favor with shale gas and are going on according to an estimation coming by the European Commission uh, Europe could uh, decrease its energy dependency if uh, 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 the, the 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 member states could use and uh, develop the uh, uh, shale gas could decrease its energy dependency up to sixty percent. So it's, it's 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 a problem. It's, it's it's a problem. But in any case, it's free for all the countries to decide whether or not to to develop um, fracking. In any case, for the Greek side, it's not something we're discussing. We have so many other interesting things to do. I, I have already described to you our projects. This is the answer.
0: Wonderful. I'd be remiss before I turn the questions over to the audience to, to talk a little bit about the, the dynamics in the Eastern Mediterranean. In February, uh, we hosted the um, uh, Cypriot uh, mediator for the talks, and there was great hope that the energy Uh, potential uh, could be a promising start to reunification talks and now that has come to an end. We've seen now where Turkey has sent two naval vessels, a research ship and unfortunately in addition to the strong message the Council sent last week where do we go from here? What's the path forward? Commercially we need stability to get those resources but clearly we don't have a path forward here. What what is your thought as we look to the future uh, and, and we want this to be a, a an issue that where regional conversation can bring prosperity to all not prevent that prosperity
2: well I would like to, to, to listen to the answer of not coming not from a Greek or Cypriot minister, but from another side. Why all this since natural resources can become an important source of prosperity and peace for the greater region? In any case, uh, Cyprus has, the Cypriot democracy has made clear many things. For example, natural gas will be for the benefit of both communities, all legal uh, citizens, but. First of all, we need to to, to solve the, to arrange the, the Cyprus issue. It's, it's very clear. And of course, one cannot avoid to, to condemn the illegal behavior of a country wanting to become a European one when it takes such measures like the NAFTEX on the, on the sovereignty in territorial uh, seas and uh, uh, sovereign rights on the exclusive economic zone of an independent state, which is member of the United Nations and is member of the European Union, so I think that President Anastasiades has given the necessary time in order for Turkey to revise, to examine again its attitude. I hope that. Uh, everybody will be wise enough in order to see that uh, peace, cooperation, is the only solution for the uh, problems of the greater area.
0: I hope so too. Well, please, we would love to welcome you into the conversation. We have a question, Mr. Lee, right down in the front. And then we have a question here.
3: Thank you very much, and thank you, Minister, for an extremely interesting presentation. Staying for a moment with the
0: Eastern Mediterranean, um, could I ask you to evaluate the conditions that would be necessary for these two projects?
3: In the substantive representation. My question has to do with the IP, which you already made a brief reference to the other thousand uh, trade and investment. Uh, these are other than negotiations. Could you please address focus on these negotiations and work possible?
0: chapter in the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership, and we would welcome your reflections on how energy plays into the transatlantic trade discussions. Of course, Mr. Lee and the electric grid question.
2: Please. Just a, just a brief answer on the second question. I had the chance to, to participate in this uh, uh, bilateral, let's say, between the European Union and the United States uh, um, debate, I think that energy can become an infrastructure for uh, implementing uh, for coming to an end all these negotiations. I am afraid that the energy issue could be one of the positive issues to be examined and completed but there are also many other things at the commercial uh, level where the two sides cannot find so easily uh, uh, cannot come to to to, to commonly agreed uh, conclusions. But I think it's it's uh, it's a challenge to come to to an agreement. Now about the cable, about the, the two PCIs, Talking about the submarine, the sub uh, the the the, the, the Euro-Asian interconnector, which is. The first line, let's say, the first cable which will connect Asia with Europe in this uh, way, Uh, I think that the feasibility study is at the the final stages because all all the parties, uh, Israel, Cyprus and Greece, we are supporting the promoters of, uh, of the project. And the European Union also supports financially supports the project and gives more flexibility and uh, uh, speed up of all the necessary bureaucratic and permission and other uh, um, procedures. Uh, according to to, to to so far approach, the 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 project is fully bankable, and of course the first stage will be the implementation at its first phase the implementation will contain the, the part between Israel and Cyprus and the other one between Crete and mainland Greece because in the middle of Cyprus and Crete we have the well-known problem, big uh, big debts etc. Et From a technical point of view the problems have been solved by the industry but one has to go in a mature uh, uh, way in order, first of all, to implement the more easy easy, uh, uh, parts. Now, talking about EastMed, EastMed, one could approach EastMed as a standalone project, but also as a complementary project with the LNG facility in Vasilikon in Cyprus. To our understanding, these two uh, uh, facilities can work together in order to implement this new uh, new source and new routine for the supply of, of um, for the strengthening of the European Union's energy security. Uh, uh, estimate pipeline is fully technically feasible. We are going on with the first stages of the, after the pre-feasibility study, we're going on with the uh, feasibility study and there are extremely uh, um, well uh, documented uh, uh, results that everything will go on. Okay, Of course, there is the problem of uh, uh, providing gas to, to the pipeline, but I think that with the good cooperation, the open, the fruitful, Uh, cooperation between Greece, Cyprus and Israel, one can find solutions that will permit to the union to see that in the coming few years, we can implement this uh, new uh, new source and route of uh, supporting natural gas to, to Europe. In any case, finally, these two projects are of great importance for strengthening the, the energy security in Europe. And I think I hope that everybody can understand it. I'm talking about uh, the other member states because we, um, Greece, Cyprus, uh, Italy and other countries are very much interested. We are supporting, the pr- we are promoting the projects, but it will be for the benefit of both projects if it uh, is supported also for, from other member states.
0: Thank you, Minister. I think we can take one more very brief question right down the front, and then we'll finish up.
2: Nick
3: Laragakis uh, with the American Hellenic Institute, Mr. Minister. Welcome to Washington. On your slides up there, regarding where Greece has um, t- issued tenders and where your blocks are, it was the Ionian Sea and South of Crete. The Galaritan Mission, of course, is the Aegean. Greece is a tremendous job right now being the gas, the gas station for Europe, as I like to say tremendous thing, and of course, it's developing its own potential energy resources. I can not fully really implement its full potential without going into the AGMC and what regarding what surveys have been done regarding the AGMC, and we know what the problem is. It's your neighbor to the east. I, I think it would be valuable for the audience. Maybe you can give us a little bit of a background as to in the <laughs> I Yes, L-
2: let me say this. Each country has its own priorities, and the timetable for all the necessary actions we have started as state from uh, uh, half of the Greek seas, which is the 225,000 square kilometers. We have plenty of time; too much work to do in a mature uh, 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 area, area where we we are sure we will find investors because many times we are discussing on politics, geopolitics, etc. And when you come to the basic question is okay, how many investors will you find in order to, to invest in such areas? For example, we know having all the necessary geological and seismic data available that in these areas there will be uh, enough for many uh, investors. What I can say for Aegean is, not only for Aegean, but also for all the territory of Greece, Uh, we will uh, explore each square kilometer of the territory and of the sea, uh, of the seas where the Greek uh, state exercises sovereignty or... Uh, has sovereign rights. This is the answer. Everywhere, but according to a concrete uh, timetable, taking into account what we can do. I mean, from the uh, 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 manpower point of view, we have, we have just started now. We are in progress for implementing the whole project. We have too much work to do for the coming at least 15 years.
0: Well, Minister, uh, let me begin by thanking you for an incredibly detailed and important conversation about really impressive energy dynamics in Greece in the region and and beyond. I know you're going to be meeting with uh, Secretary Moniz and other U.S. officials and sharing this information, but it has been a great privilege uh, to to hear directly from you about Greece's very ambitious energy diversification plans. I hope you'll come back and tell us how those plans are proceeding because it seems like there's a lot of work ahead, uh, and we hope you'll return uh, to us. Uh, in the future. Again, I'd like to thank our audience for being with us. Always great, insightful questions, and we hope you return back to CSIS for future events, but please join me in thanking Minister Maniadas for a great presentation.